Welcome to Take Notes, SMB Global Rating's structured finance podcast and the credit events of your day. Tune in as your hosts, Jim Manzi and Tom Shoplocker, explore hot topics across the structured finance and global markets. Hello, and welcome to this edition of Take Notes. This is your host, Jim Manzi. The topic today will be European commercial real estate. And just by way of background, um, we see risks rising in terms of credit, and uh, both in the US, EMEA, and, and globally, um, with a rising risk of recession, um, rising interest rates, inflation, and so on and so forth. Uh, from that standpoint, uh, we recently published an article called Asset Price Risks, How Safe is European CMBS Performance in the Face of Rising Real Estate Values? And with me today to talk about that is Matthias Herzog. Hello, Matthias. Hi, Jim. How are you? Oh, doing well, doing well. So um, as I said, the, uh, the topic today will be this uh, article you just published, but um, let's start with a little bit of background. Um, let's start about how highly rated CMBS bonds, and especially those with a AAA rating, are protected from a downturn and some of those risks that I just mentioned. Yeah, so uh, thanks for the question. So we, we build in essentially two layers of, uh, of protect, protection when we assign these, uh, these ratings to CMBS bonds. So first of all, we uh, uh, calculate a recovery value, which we already stress against the market value based on our criteria and then against that market and against that recovery value we apply a recovery rate to build an, an, an additional buffer um, and what that does is in the end the um, the percentage of AAA recoveries for example that we assign against a uh, CMBS loan um, is usually very low compared to the actual market value so for example on average over the last four years the AAA uh, recovery, uh, was just under 33% of market value, meaning that a property can decline uh, about two thirds before the AAAs would be hit. Got it. Okay. And then uh, for a little bit more granularity, Europe is a large place. Uh, can you shed some lights on how recoveries have varied across um, different regions over there? Yeah, totally. So it's quite different on the continent versus the UK. Because uh, not much, not so much because the loans are any any riskier in e either side, but uh, simply because of the makeup of our CMBS portfolio, right? So in the UK we have a lot of retail properties, a lot of shopping centers, and we have a lot of hotels as well. And those obviously have done um, not as well as other property types during the pandemic, um, which uh, was the bulk of the last four years. So the uh, the recovery rates range uh, a, a lot wider in the UK than they do on the continent, but again, not because of the, the credit quality of the loans, more of the, the the makeup of the underlying property types. Okay, and you started to touch on it there, but um, what have been kind of the recent trends and how they have how have they varied by property type? Yeah, so there's a there's really a. a a divergence, the great divergence, I want to call it. And I guess we see that in other parts of the world as well, in that um, shopping centers had already started a decline before the pandemic uh, that was exacerbated um, by social distancing and lockdowns and so on. And um, uh, they, they're slowly starting to recover, but we'll probably never get back to where they were in, in 2019, let alone 2016 
in terms of their um, capability to generate rents. At the same time, we think that hotels will probably be able to recover to pre-pandemic levels, although that may take a little longer as well because um, business travel is still lagging. Um, and then you have uh, industrial, obviously, which continues going up and seems to be completely unfazed or actually benefiting from the from the pandemic in that uh, more online distribution, online sales uh, and distribution properties is needed. And then um, office is a, is a little difficult, more difficult to forecast in that um, uh, cap rates and uh, rents over here in Europe have held relatively stable. But uh, work from home can, of course, have an have an impact on future performance. Very good. So I guess um, the next topic, which uh, which you go into detail in the article, but um, when we talk about property values, they're often mentioned in the same breath with um, with growth with GDP. Um, can you discuss any recent trends um, in relation to how property values have? kept up with or exceeded um, economic growth? Yeah, totally. So what we've done is we've, um, we work with uh, Green Street. We looked at their commercial property price index, which is across Europe, across property types and across multiple markets, an index that shows uh, average developments in the commercial real estate markets over time. And that index has been going up almost without any interruption since 2009. And um, we compared that against the euro area gross domestic product and uh, indexed the two against each other. And what we could see is that in uh, the time span of 10 years, GDP rose in a total of 11%, whereas commercial real estate prices went up 15%. And as I said before, that is, that is an average. So some property types like office and industrial rose a lot more than that. So they, they exceeded growth of the, uh, of the economy, which um, may signal a risk of a price correction in the near to medium future. Okay, and then I guess the other part of total returns are rents. Um, how have they been moving? Yeah, so uh, rents generally have shown an upward trend as well in almost all property types, except for retail. So in retail, we've started seeing uh, rental corrections in 2016 already as a result from um, uh, rising online sales, especially in the UK. And that is um, somewhat of an interesting story because you've already asked me earlier about the difference between different regions. The UK is a lot more over-retailed, for lack of a better term, compared to, uh, compared to the continental Europe. So uh, while rents have been relatively stable in the retail segment on the continent, they've started going down uh, in the UK already. Uh, already couple of years ago. Got it. So now, um, kind of given everything that you've said, uh, where the rubber meets the road, so to speak, in our analysis is um, deriving our valuation for a property, um, given all these trends. Uh, can you talk a little bit about that and how we undertake that analysis? Yeah. So I mentioned that at the beginning, that we, we calculate a value that is calibrated to our single B stress and uh, is a bit lower than the uh, the point in time market value. And that is because we stress both cash flow and cap rate. And for anyone not too familiar with the uh, with the methodology, so you calculate a, a property's uh, cash flow divided by a cap rate and you get a value. It's called a direct capitalization approach. And um, because our net cash flow is lower um, 
and, and our cap rate is higher than the point in time market cap rates, we do get um, values that are uh, much lower than current market, market values. Now, um, over time, the gap between our recovery value and the market value has risen simply because the uh, market values have been going up, as I said, while we calculate our recoveries based on long-term average cap rates, and therefore our values don't rise through the cycle uh, or rise very, very slowly. So in, in the last couple of years with asset prices going where they, where they were going, we've seen a widening gap between the two. And how has this impacted ratings? So on the surveillance side, it didn't, um, didn't actually impact anything because again, we keep our value constant, more or less. Therefore, we, we wouldn't raise any ratings, for example, when market values increase. For new transactions, that obviously means that um, newer loans that are written at the same leverage, all else being equal, would over time get slightly lower ratings because the, uh, the, the market values obviously have been increasing and we haven't followed that trend with our analysis to the same extent. Okay, and what does this all meant for uh, recovery rates? And do we have any decent, or um, I'm sorry, any data points in the market to uh, see if they're standing up against what we see? Yeah. So the recovery is, I guess, yet to be tested, right? Because we've had very few loan defaults and um, haven't had any uh, uh, loans actually going through a workout period. And the, uh, the the properties sold in order to see how much can you actually sell these properties in a stressed environment, right? The only um, uh, rating that we had to lower to D was on a UK hotel transaction, but that was due to uh, due to cash flow constraints rather than recovery issues. So it is yet to see. Uh, we will we're yet to see how much these um, uh, these recovery rates hold up against the market. Um, but what we're seeing when we look at the, uh, the 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 model output in our recovery rates over the last four years, we can see that the AAA, for example, has gone down to uh, just over thirty one percent from thirty four percent four years ago. Meaning we would allow less AAA recoveries now um, than we would four years ago uh, on the same property in the same location. Similarly, Triple uh, B has gone down to 54.5 from 60. So uh, there's, there's more cushion essentially built in now to account for the, the higher asset prices. Got it. So I think um, my last question for you is just um, if you want to discuss any parts of um, the outlook, say, in uh, different property types and regions now going forward, anything we haven't mentioned? Yeah, totally. So, so on the hotel, I would ask interested uh, listeners to look out for our uh, hotel risk article. Um, just look me up as the uh, as the author. We published something on on our outlook on hotels together with our colleagues in the in the real estate research team. That's an outlook on uh, where we think hotel performance will recover over the next couple of years. In terms of the other asset types, so in, in residential, we don't really expect much movement over the next um, uh, couple of months and years, simply because even if interest rates rise, there's still a very um, significant imbalance between supply and demand in most markets across Europe when it comes to residential. Retail, we're, we're seeing 
slight optimism in the market. We've even seen some cap rate compression recently again. Uh, we're less positive on the property type simply because the the underlying fundamental issue of oversupply in retail and uh, growing online retail uh, hasn't really gone away. So uh, we're, we're, we continue to be very cautious on that segment. And then when it comes to office, I talked a little bit about it earlier. We think that um, work from home will, of course, lead to less demand for office space. Um, but we believe it will be more concentrated in the class B uh, secondary property type uh, product. Whereas uh, class A properties, especially the more, more recent build ones, that one, the ones that are uh, environmentally friendly, energy efficient, and well-located close to public transport, they will still see significant demand because that's where occupiers want to be right now. And we don't believe that they will see a significant value correction. All right, uh, that's a great summary. And um, for all those interested, we will include a link to this uh, to the latest article along with this podcast. Um, that article was called Asset Price Risks, How Safe is European CMBS Performance in the Face of Rising Real Estate Values? And uh, thank you, Matthias, for joining me today on the podcast. And I uh, will see you next time on Take Notes. To subscribe to Take Notes or to view our analyst research, go to spglobal.com forward slash ratings. Thank you for listening to Take Notes with Jim Manzi and Tom Schopflocker.